We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, I have Kenny. What's up, man? I'm trying to maneuver through this goddamn hurricane because I'm supposed... Basically, I'm going to be driving through the entire state of Florida trying to avoid a hurricane, so good luck to me. But anyway, how are y'all doing? We have uh, We have quite a bit to talk about. Storm... Uh, storm and uh, media day, all sorts of crazy things. Officially, kind of the start of the 2022-22 season, 2023 season. On my right, we have Frankie G. Yo, I hope that's the only hurricane we are talking about because the other hurricanes <laughs> no, we are not. No, they're not worthy to talk about. We're not. Right now. We're not talking about bad things right now. We're not trying to talk about bad things. I see chat says that there's no sound. Are we good? I I see. I see sound on my uh, production magical bobs, so you know. Let me know if there's something wrong or if we're too low or whatever. Form, huh? We're in preseason <laughs> form. We're in preseason right form, baby. Okay, Christian says we're good. We are good. Tons to get to today. Uh, media day was today. Lots of things were said. Um, comments from players that I like. Comments from players that uh, some promises made. Lot of of interesting places to start. Uh, but I do want to start with something that I've been trying to do on the show more often, and I really want to make it kind of a permanent thing, and it's it's what we're calling the community voice, uh, real name TBD. We don't know what the name is yet, but at the beginning of the show, whoever we have a guest on or, or our co-host, I want someone to ask a question to ask our community. So you put it in the YouTube comments, you answer there, you tweet at us. And then we'll discuss it at the beginning of one show, and then we'll ask a question at the next show, with whether we have a guest or we have co-hosts on. So last time, uh, we were asked. It was Alf said, "Who is the Heat's third best player?" And I thought that was an interesting question. Um, some of the people in the comments said it's obviously Tyler Hero. Some people said it's 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 um, it's Kyle Lowry. And uh, I want to kind of go around the room here, Kenny. Who was the Heat's third best player? Mm-hmm. So that's tough because the two names you mentioned both have a case for their particular reasons. But I will honestly not go to the direction you think I'm going to go in. I'm gonna go Kyle, just because of how I mean, obviously Tyler was very crucial to the offense, also. But we saw. How how they kind of fell apart at times when Kyle was out, just trying to get things going. And so I would still say Kyle at this stage. We love it. Um, Tom was obviously right there with them. Like that it was a difficult decision to make, but I would say right now, Kyle. Frankie, succinctly, quickly, quick hitter. Who is the Heat's third best player? Um, was like like last now season now or... going into twenty twenty two twenty twenty three. I hope it's Tyler. 
Who do you I think? think I still, who do you I think, think Tyler's going to be? I, th- I think Kyle's the more important because of the offense. Like Kenny says, uh, the offense kind of fell apart without him. But uh, if Tyler's is more important and is a better player there, um, then I, th- I think the, the Heat are in a good position. And I think that's well said. So Kenny mentioned Kyle Lowry, and I think it's important to kind of get into. I think he would you say that he was the story at Media Day today? Uh, I I would say so. I think and, so. And not. I think so. And, you know, everybody was was looking for the weight and stuff. See how he comes in 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 uh, to camp in shape. Uh, and he obviously slimmed down a lot. We've seen videos and pictures of him. We so we kind of expected this. We've kind of known for uh, so it wasn't too much of a surprise. But the comments about it and stuff and and the in response to what Pat said uh, has definitely ticked people off today. So we have the sound for you, um, courtesy of Will Manto, who uh, who asked Kyle the question. So I'm going to play it. We're going to react to it. I have not heard the sound yet, by the way. I've been off of Twitter uh, a lot today. So I kind of logged on and I saw a lot of people really angry at Kyle. So I have not heard this sound yet. I'm going to hear it for the first time with the audience. So let's hear what Kyle Lowry had to say uh, about his offseason work. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me because, or I don't take it a certain way because I'm going to train how I always train. Um, you know, I'm always going to do what I need to do in the, in the off season. So, you know, where people have their comments, they have their opinions, and but it doesn't change what I do. It's not going to affect my personal journey. My personal journey is to go out there and be the best individual basketball player that I can be. No one, you know, is going to make me do or say something to make me do a, a certain thing. I'm going to always try to be the best version of myself every year no matter what and that's always been that way throughout my whole career now you hear everything you look at everything but they're like i would you're on tv right i can't say what else but yeah 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 i mean opinions every yeah everyone has their own opinions they're just like something you have on your body everyone has one exactly who cares you know everyone's that's what our, our world is coming to though it's everyone's voice and opinion is out there so it's great you know uh, people should People should have opinions, but for me, as a as a person of you know who I am in my individual um, life, nothing you know. People comments don't bother me. So that was Kyle Lowry, uh, starting point guard for the Miami Heat. Uh, Kenny, I'll start with you. What did you make of that? How did you feel? Yeah. What's going on? So a couple things. One, and I'm glad this came up because I really haven't liked the conversation surrounding Kyle's yeah, weight all summer. It's been a little too much emphasis on it. Rapid. You can't hear me? G here. Can I hear you? Can you talk? Yeah. Hi. I, I can hear G fine. Can I can you hear, hear Kenny. Oh, what the hell? Keep on going, Kenny. But yeah, so I, I haven't liked the conversation surrounding his weight has been a little too much emphasis on it. Um, and I know this thing to go with the Heat culture thing because we are Heat fans. I've personally been a Heat fan since preschool. But sometimes we got to look at these players and, like, if Kyle last summer retires and never plays for the Heat, he's a Hall of Famer anyway. And so I think he needs to lose weight and in shape. He'll be like this, whatever the case is. We know why he wasn't in shape. He had a bunch of personal stuff going on and so I'm more on his side than accomplished and so he doesn't really need the challenge at this stage so I get it just stop asking me about my weight I'm good Frankie where do you stand well the, I'm I'm not sure what Kenny said I literally could not hear him so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to say I think this is really a non-story um, I, I feel like people are sort of used to athletes coming into to camp and, and responding to something Pat said. And, you know, you, you, you use Tyler as an example and how he used uh, Pat's what Pat said to motivate him. How he's got to earn it and stuff like that and come in better shape, got stronger. Um, and yeah, Tyler, you know, I definitely think Tyler is a, is a guy who needs those kind of words of encouragement. I think Kyle's a vet Kyle's proven, you know, uh, 
throughout this league. He's got a, a, a Hall of Fame career. He's won championship. He, he's got gold medal or, or he's played a, like highest stage in every level. Um, I, I don't think he needs that motivation. And that's really the point he was trying to say. And um, no context, hang over time. Shout out to you. Says uh, he could have worded it better, but his point is that he needs to get ready for the season. He's not just doing it because Pat says something. I think that's all it was. Like he, he I think he saw that he needed to make some changes as he got older as well. And that's all, all it was. Like it, it's just not, oh, I did this because Pat's told me to do it. You know, like, and he didn't want it to come across like that. He wanted to do it because. He, he recognized he needed to do it, too. I think he fans are used to guys just falling in line. And I think, like, Alonzo really set that trend. You know, Dwayne obviously very rarely lashed out at the organization in any way. Uh, even a guy like Jimmy, I mean, well, I mean, I guess Jimmy tried to fight the head coach last year. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? But, you know, Heat fans, I think, are just used to guys saying, yes, sir, no, sir. And Kyle came into camp in shape. Kyle came in. He lost the weight that they asked him to lose. Whether, you know, he's a proud dude and says, I'm not doing it because Pat told me to. I'm doing it because that's I'm a professional or whatever. I, I don't understand why he fans are upset at him. I, I just listened to the audio. And like I said, I, I'm hearing it for the first time with everybody. I don't really understand what the I saw someone in chat say, like, I don't really like that. And I a lot of people were like upset at him. And I don't I really kind of don't see the non story. You know, he came in in shape. He did what they were asked of him. And I think people forget that Kyle's a dude from Philly. Like he's not, he's a proud dude. He's not taking shit from other people. So I don't, I don't really understand the, the fan base does not like him. It's been that way for a while. I think that they wanted him to be something that he isn't. And that's fine. He's not. And he, that's kind of the, the history of his career. Cartiliana says you have to see it. G. It's very dismissive. It's, it's weird. I, I, Carliana, I'll say this. If you're going through a lot of personal things in your life and your boss is like, yeah, you got fat. I, I think that that's pretty dismissive of Pat, you know? So if Kyle has a little bit of bite because he was going through some pretty hard stuff. And if your boss told you that, Hey, you know, you gained some weight on, you gained some weight or you're not doing your job as well as I think you should be doing your job. Um, and, and by the way, the second half of the season, Kyle played very, very well was, uh, he, he got almost up to 40% shooting for the season after he started really bad. He, he was shooting, I think near 50% for a month or two, uh, really got them. He really helped them maintain the number one seed when Jimmy and Bam got hurt. So I thought despite the circumstances that happened in his life, he played very, very well. He did get hurt. Unfortunately in the playoffs, it was a bad hamstring injury. And even then, you know, he gutted it out and played. And then he lost the weight that he was asked to lose. So, you know, chat's like, oh, you're just defending him or it's blah, blah, blah. I I'm just keeping it real. And I'm saying what I think is 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 true, Frankie. No, it's it's very true. And we one of the things we never see Pat really call out veterans like that have proven it. Uh, so this was kind of he did with Shaq, though. He does it. But, like, some. but I mean, I mean, Shaq was a different case and and they were like. There was more going on there, and and yeah. and Pat was also his coach, so he he was more directly involved. So I, I think that's a di different that's circumstance. A good point. Um, but you know, uh, you know, we have Pat in the background, and you know, I'm I'm sure he's not involved in the day to day like he used to be. Um, you know, very we, we've heard a lot of stories about Spo. Uh, like kicking him out the doors, he doesn't want to hear him uh, out of the rooms. He takes he, he Spo kind of chooses when to listen to Pat, and and it's a different you know it's a different time right now. Um, you know I, I'm sure a lot of fans aren't used to seeing somebody talk back to Pat like that and or talk about Pat like that. And I I, I just took it more like you know Kyle's like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do because I need to do it, not because Pat told me to do it. Uh, he, uh, Kyle was smart enough to recognize that he needed to make some changes and he's, do, he did so. And why is this, this is a story cause there's no basketball right now. Like it's not a big deal. Kenny, I love what Callie, you said, said Kyle is 38. People are reading way too much into the reaction of what a grown man, what was being told to do. <laughs> Quick shout out to Tess Pickett for the tier one sub and shout out to elites XBL for the prime sub. Appreciate that support. We got content for you all season. But yeah, Kenny, I think that's well said. We have Prod by Pack saying, nah, he underperformed and we needed to in the playoffs. But I do wish him well and hope he gets better in year two. I think that's pretty unfair. And I think Cal 
pretty much nailed it there. Uh, where are you at? Okay. Well, Kenny just disconnected. Hopefully we'll get, <laughs> hopefully we'll get him back. But yeah, uh, yeah. But Frankie, like these are the conversations that we're going to have. You know, I think that he has a contentious relationship with the fan base. And I think as we see in our chat, it's pretty divided. Um, okay. He's back. I think. Yeah, I heard him this time. Okay, well he's uh, well he fixes well well we get Kenny <laughs> resolved. Uh, yeah, Frankie, that that's kind of where I'm at. I... Go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, so Kenny, go ahead. he um he underperformed the playoffs because he got injured. Um, I think it's that simple. He was trying to play through an injury and it just didn't work out. Um, but before they like G said, he was playing well second half of the season. So I'm not really and I'm not gonna blame his injury on his weight either. It's just things happen like that. So it's overblown. It's not that much of a story, really. It's fine. It is a story. Unfortunately, it is going to be overblown. I don't think that, I mean, people need to remember that Pat, uh, that, that Kyle butt heads with Masai, who is an, another accomplished general manager who I think Kyle respected a lot. And I think Pat likes the, the pushback. Pat loved Bam because didn't Bam curse him out during his workout? You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is what Pat Pat's a fucking crazy guy. He likes this stuff. So I wouldn't read too much into it. Cartiliana says uh that she gets kind of like a bad vibe with this group, a weird vibe. Yeah. Um I mean maybe I mean uh, I've seen other people have that take as well. I've seen it a um, lot on the timeline. Yeah, like Greg was uh Who? Greg Sylvander from Five Reasons Leif. was uh Leif, yeah. <laughs> we call him Leif on this show. Yeah, of course. Um, but Leif was talking to some fans about that too, about the comments uh, that we'll, I'm sure we'll get into about Jimmy uh, on the four. Uh, Jimmy, whether uh, he or not he wanted to play the four and just stuff like that. Eh, I just think like I, I think that there is some stuff to like overanalyze this. Like there's a tendency to overanalyze this just because you know your how last season ended and. Um, you, you know, you felt like some of that stuff was out of your control because uh, of injuries, because of per, uh, personal reasons or whatever. Um, you know, guys couldn't get couldn't get over the hump, um, and and we and there were question marks all regular season. Even though they were the one seed, uh, they never really had a, a great stretch with everyone healthy, with Victor available and everything. Um, the last stretch of the regular season. Obviously, they looked good and and they were playing well. Everybody was playing really well, but you know, we didn't get to see that in the playoffs because because Kyle got hurt like game three. So, uh, I I think people are just overreaching this a little bit, overreacting. Um, it's not a not, it's not a big deal. Like like if, if games start happening and we start seeing this something happen on the field on the court or. Kyle gets suspended or something like that or fine, like then it's a big deal. It's a bigger deal. But this this is nothing, guys. We're overreacting. I, I agree. And I, I think with that, I think we we've we've given this enough time. I mean, we did have to address it, and of course everyone's gonna make fun of me and say I, I put on the cape and all that stuff. I, I know, trust me, like this is this is it comes to the territory. But uh you brought up Jimmy, and I think that's a good segue to I think the biggest question of the next season and the one that we're going to watch, we're obviously on Jay Crowder watch, which we're going to get into later, how Jay Crowder has become available and Miami could kind of sneak in and, and maybe take them. Listen, I'm not going to lie. We all know how I feel about Duncan. I love my man, but you know, if, if it's Tory Craig and Jay Crowder, you know, I, I'm not hating that works out financially. That's all I'll say. But Conversation about who plays power forward is is gonna it was permeated all over media day. Uh, Caleb Martin says he put on eight pounds that he's ready for the role. Yurt said he wants to play with Bam more to fill some of those minutes. Uh, whether it's him or Bam at power forward, and obviously Jimmy Butler was asked. Uh, and this sound is courtesy of Five Reasons. Uh, Ira Ira Winderman uh, asked uh, Jimmy about playing the four, and this is what Jimmy had to say. Or to talk to you about minutes at that role. Is that something you could embrace eventually? And sort of your thoughts on where the team stands at power forward, please. I could play the four, yes. Um, if they absolutely needed me to play the four, I could, yes. If they absolutely wanted to have a conversation 
So that that's Jimmy Butler. Uh, sounds like I think that's every player when you have to ask them to play up a position, he can do it. It doesn't sound like he wants to do it for a long time. And I, I, I think, Frankie, that's kind of where we've been all season. All off season. Jimmy also says he's doing things to screw with the internet. So, like, he's talking about his hair and stuff, why he came to camp with the extensions and why he says some of the things he says. He just likes to have fun. Like, I think, you know, uh, with Jimmy, I, I take his comments a little bit more seriously, even though he did say that, um, just because of the blow up. And we, we know when Jimmy's upset, like, it, it affects his attitude and his behavior and stuff. Um but, you know, I'm sure they'll have a conversation with him about it if they feel that's the best thing to do. And I, if Jimmy agrees, then I'm sure he'll play along. But um, it ultimately, I, I, you know, I know Kenny's a big proponent of uh, Jimmy at the four. I, I love closing with it. I don't love doing it all season because I, I fear the wear and tear on it. I feel it uh, will hurt the team ultimately in the playoffs. I don't feel like that's a great way to save Jimmy um for the for the playoffs so like you know i i i think they even if they get a spot starter bring luke babbitt back <laughs> it's something like that they they need something to to make it happen for the beginning of the season kenny where did you uh did you kind of come to the same place as i did with the jimmy comments or or do you or do you think we should not read into it at all um i would read into it i think Jimmy was joking a lot, but at the same time, what he says does kind of go for the most part. And so um, I guess we just pivot. We'll see what Caleb looks like there. Um, we'll see whether it's Hayward Highsmith, whatever the case is. But I think if the team goes on like a rough enough skid and they need Jimmy there, he'll do it. But for right I, now, I'm he says that. he's not. I think I just, that they'll I try other things, and, and I think they'll do it by committee. I, I think SPO teams have kind of done this in the past with other positions. They used to have backup point guard by committee. You know, they've had backup center by committee. Uh, I, I think it's a little common in the Spo era where there's just like a fucking huge hole in one position. It, it, they always have an excess of guards, though. You know, sometimes they're not point guards. They're all shoe first guards. So, you know, it depends. But, you know, that's kind of where they are. And I, I think that they'll kind of scrap together. Uh, Caleb, Kenny, seemed excited for the role. That's your boy. That's what you've been wanting. Yeah, that's something I think can also work. I mean, because PJ was a huge loss, and I'm not going to discredit all he did because he's he is one of my favorite one-year players in Heat history. I will say that. But the opportunity to put Caleb there does open up some more stuff. He's able to knock down shots from the wings and from the top of the key. He's able to attack those closeouts. Um, the spacing won't be as much of an issue. I think I was listening to Falcon Four because I do that again now. <laughs> um, they pointed out he was a really good shooter last year, also, and so I think that can work. <laughs> and so I think that I think it, I think it can work. Um, if it doesn't, they have to figure something out. But I think it'll be fine. If it's capable. I think the Jay Crowder stuff is pretty interesting, Frankie. Um, I think so too. Um, Kalo. You know, with, with Caleb replacing um, PJ would would wouldn't be too bad most of the time, uh, where, especially the matchups where uh, PJ was guarding a guard anyways, like a Harden or uh, or a Trey, something like that in those kind of matchups, because uh, Caleb can guard smallers and and that's probably where we like him best because he's got a little bit of size and he and he can. Uh, play big against the small and and that that helps and his athleticism he's he does good uh go, switching he, he can go play over screens go under screens contain you can he can do a little bit of everything um what uh i'm really concerned about is more of the offense and uh you know brady hawk says said this on five on the floor that, that the uh jimmy bam and and uh uh Caleb num uh, numbers weren't that great defensively or offensively, which was surprising to me. Uh, you want Caleb to be able to create some turnover, help create some turnovers, get out and push. Uh, I'd like to see that with Kyle a little more because Kyle's more their outlet guy and, and see if, if they can create some havoc there. But I also really like Caleb off the bench. I, I'm not upset about Max at the four. 
honestly, because uh, he's got some size, he's got some strength, and he's not that fast and athletic anyway, so he's not as, as a disadvantage. Like, we've seen him body up some big guys anyway, some fours and wings, and I think he can hold his own. Um, and you can cut, and you can do a lot of things with Max at the four offensively. So I, I'm intrigued by that more that more so than other options. So uh, the numbers with Jimmy, Bam, and Caleb, they're minus seven per hundred possessions, about a one ten offensive rating, which is fine, and then okay. a one seventeen defensive rating, which is a catastrophe. Damn, they're worse on defense. Holy shit! The offense doesn't concern yeah, me. That's interesting. The offense doesn't concern me as much if Caleb is a, a decent shooter, which he was last season. But the rebounding is it, it. I imagine it to be really, really bad. Opponents' three point shooting was actually they, their defense held up. What what the problem was, you know, on twos, you know, they're leaking. They're allowing almost damn almost sixty six percent on twos, uh, but you know guarding the perimeter well 30 33 percent on threes so but the rebounding is really where i feel that that hurts and i i I would imagine that if we look deeper that that number that two point percentage is a lot of offensive rebounds uh and you're just going to be small and this team already kind of hemorrhaged rebounding last year i think that they started off really strong and as the season kind of wore on them and injuries and everything they just became a a worse i believe that they're one of the worst rebounding teams from all-star break to the end of the year now, obviously, that doesn't matter as much in the playoffs when you can, you know, when you can force teams to play you down to your size and all that. But during the grind of the regular season, you're going to play a lot of Detroit's or a lot of Minnesota's or a lot of really young, springy, athletic teams when you're on, you know, three games and four nights or whatever. And you're going to be slow and you're going to be sluggish. And those rebounding numbers are going to get worse and worse and worse. So uh, Cardiliana says rebounding would be atrocious. Absolutely agree. But that's kind of going to be the thing of the season are you guys in frankie on a jay crowder deal it's kind of touchy because really duncan is the only contract that makes that work the problem with trading duncan is he's really your big ticket to get a bigger player because of his big salary you know he's the only way you can match uh, a bigger salary so obviously trading him for jay crowder really takes you out of any sweepstakes for any star player I don't know if doing that for Jay is worth it. How how do you feel, or do you just think the immediate hole is too big that they need to be plugged? Um, I have a question. Do you know how long they'd be able to add Jay to another trade with other players? The same season. They would be able to do it. Yeah, as long as they don't resign him. Yeah, you can you can flip him and do that shit. As long as it doesn't cost you picks. If if you can do a straight up one for one or like a minor, tr- you know, a year, I'll, I'll do that. Um, just cause that, that hole is too big in my opinion. And I think just getting to the grind of the regular season, uh, I don't think Jay would be the option, uh, the answer at the end of the season, but he's, he's but Jay becomes the answer at the end of the season because you can't make another move after that unless you trade Jay. But then at that point we would, I'm fine, but, but I'm fine with that. Like if you get, if, but you're uh, fine with what? Like if if you have Jay as the answer right now, and you can flip and you can flip him if something better comes across, but but or you, can but you can't flip him for something better is what I'm saying because of his low salary number. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Isn't his contract similar to Duncan's? No, he has a $10 million contract. Well, I mean, if something better comes along, you you can try to patch something up. I think it's worth it to to do it. But what, what I'm saying is that, like, now when you lose Duncan, 
that what you're suggesting becomes extremely difficult and I've, probably I've, unlikely. I've heard all the Twitter experts, bro. I've no, I just I just want you to like know because I, I want to have know, an I, earnest. And I, if that's I fine, that's I, fine. I just want you to understand. No, I understand, but um, I think there there's still more options with you. You might have to package some more guys and like you know Vic's contracts obviously a lot bigger. You can use Vic in a trade. You can use Deadman uh, in a trade later on. Caleb as well, and, they, and those pieces can help make up some of the difference later on as the season goes when they're they become uh eligible to be traded and you can use some of that and i th- i think that's a little bit more appealing than just dunking straight up because jay's also on an expiring so i think you can use that to your advantage um but you know i've heard twitter experts all all day all all off season saying that they needed it to uh trade trade duncan right away and, and otherwise that that, that salary is not going to be useful um, I think just the player, uh, to be serious, just the player, Jay, the positional need, unless they really have something in one of these unknown guys that, uh, you know, obviously they would know about. We wouldn't hear anything as of right now. Um, I, I think you'd need to fill that hole that you can't go into the season st- starting this small. That's totally fair. I don't I don't think that's a bad answer. I just I don't know if I do it. I think if not, I think if you're talking Tory Craig plus Jay Crowder. You know, I don't know if that Phoenix would do that, but you know, if if you're talking about something like that, I, I'm a lot more intrigued. I just think, you know, you you hold on to your asset until you can get something better and not cash out at Jay Crowder. Um, yeah. But I think cashing out at Jay Crowder might help you get through the regular season. And I I gotta be honest with you, if Jay Crowder can give you, I I don't know if you can be worse on offense than PJ was in the latter part of the playoffs. And um, I, we've seen Jay Crowder be better in that same role when it counts. So I, I don't hate it. I, I think if that's your end of the year answer, it's not the worst thing in the world. And it'll certainly get you. I, I don't I think it certainly makes them better. And if you're better, I think you, you try to take that. Um, I also think they need a four that will stay out of the way a little bit more. Um, like Jay, Jay's appeal during the bubble was that he took those shots and he didn't cut. He didn't clog the lane like PJ when he was he was he stopped taking the threes he stopped taking the open threes when they were there um, and then he tried his in between game would, would like disappeared on him because injuries uh, scouting whatever it was uh, but he just ended up clogging the lane for Jimmy and Bam more and and there were three guys in the paint and so nobody else could drive and that that's not an option with with this team if you and also defensively that's really where I'm concerned about. Because if you well, and we'll talk about Bam, if you want Bam to shoot more, you want him to, to be more aggressive, be more of a hub offensively as a scorer. Uh, he needs to facilitate less, and he can't defend as much as he would need to if you're playing this small all year round. You saying Bam? Yeah, I like Bam. Bam's not going to score, uh, shoot 15 uh, attempts a game if he's got to fucking cover for everybody on the court and uh, and score for them too. I think defensively, you know, you just really lean into switch and swarm. I don't know if that, I mean, obviously that that's more on Bam. I think if anything, it's more on Jimmy. Um, Cause Bam's role is always going to be kind of moving around on guards and stuff like that. I think where it becomes kind of more difficult for you long-term is Jimmy now has to do a lot more of the swarming, a lot more of the kind of dirty work, you know, the physicality, the, the, the wear and tear stuff on him. Um, you know, Crabs like Jay wasn't great in the 2020 finals. Seems like any four that they'd acquired would just be for 82, not 16. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, the only guy. I mean, really, I, I, I haven't seen many other names thrown around, and it's a tough position, and everybody makes fun of me. But, like, other than Barnes, I don't really see a lot of guys that you look at and you're like, yeah, that's a guy that is going to, like, make us a better offensive team in the playoffs at that position. So. We'll see. They're going to have uh, a whole half season till February to figure out who's going to be in that role. I think, Kenny, the most important thing from this uh, media day was Bam looking at the media and making a promise that he wants to shoot about 18 shots a game. He really wants to be a more present scorer, a more aware scorer, to borrow from uh, the great Siobhan Beslow. Kenny, where I, I think that that's the, the most important thing that was said. All day, and I think it's really the only thing that matters. 
And I think any title hopes, you know, given the fact that they got a little worse this offseason, is going to come from that. Yeah, so I think there's two things with that. So on one hand, um, that's going to depend on, well, if he actually does it, it's going to depend on how often he plays with Tyler. Because Tyler's probably the best at setting him up outside of Kyle. And so if he plays a lot with Tyler, it's possible to get those 18 shots. However, they're acclimating Victor Oladipo this year. Victor Oladipo needs his shots. And so... I would love to see it from Bam because he's so efficient that more shots can only lead to good. But I wouldn't be mad if it doesn't happen because, like I said, they have to also acclimate Victor Oladipo. There's a lot of guys who need a decent amount of shots. And so I'm good with it either way. But, hey, 18-shot per game, Bam would be great in my book. So to your point, uh, Bam plus Tyler, Heater plus almost 11 uh, with a 116 offensive rating and a, a 106 defensive rating. So – Really, really solid. Opponents are shooting 30% from three against those lineups and 54% from two. So unlike that's, that's 10 points lower than the Caleb, Jimmy, and Bam number. Um, and then just on their end, shooting 55% from two, which is really good. And then 38% uh, percent from three, which is really, really, really solid. And a lot of that takes into account, um, you know, kind of some of the other woes that the shooting woes that they had in the earlier in the season. So uh kind of goes kind of goes in hand with that uh frankie where are you on that is it more empty words from bam because if i had a nickel for every time he told the media that he was going to be more aggressive uh i i'd I'd have uh i'd have money for one bitcoin probably um for this i'd we've heard pat call spell out on this and we've heard Bam, obviously, time after time, say he's going to get more shots and stuff. I want to see Spo. Where where are these shots coming in the offense? Is it Bam having to just decide he's going to take more, or are there going to be sets run to get him the ball in in advantageous position, in advantageous scoring opportunities, going downhill, uh, in movement? I want to see him. Like, is it just Bam isolations? Is it just DHOs? more like what are we doing to get bam the ball to be a scorer and and to be aggressive like how are we making this happen i like we talked we talked a lot about the post splits last season where uh bam would isolate uh uh, about 18 16 feet out and uh they'd be running some off ball stuff and he's looking for cutters he can also uh go one-on-one there i like those sets that just occupy the help we saw bam struggle driving against Horford and having Robert Williams sit, sitting in the paint because P.J. Tucker wouldn't shoot threes, uh, we can't afford that anymore. What are they going to do to get the off-ball attention off of him? How is he going to catch the ball in in good opportunities to, to, to take a mid-range? Is he getting an off-ball screen to catch it in, in rhythm? Is what's he? What are they doing to help him? Because I haven't seen that from Spo uh, since Bam's been here enough. Um, we've seen him take advantage of the cutting and, and stuff. Bam was a really good isolation player last season. I would love to let him go one-on-one a lot more. Um, and I hope Bam's worked on his ball handling and, and uh, finishing through contact. He's, a, he's always had a great free throw rate, so he can get to the line at will. Um, early offense, I'd love to see that too. We talked a lot about Bam uh, running the floor. He needs to do that more himself too. Especially when he's switching on a guard, get they need a gang rebound and get him the ball in transition so he can get, go to work and get a, get a, a quick uh, two. Those are things the team can do, and and that'll empower Bam just to get the easier looks, the easier opportunities. When we stop opening the games with the DHO for Max or a, a, a drag screen for Max or, or Duncan or whoever the shoot, the default shooter is, and the priority is getting Bam or Jimmy going, that's when I'll believe it. He, I think his kind of role as a scorer varies. I, I don't even know how to say if it's like varies from game to game or from like, it's, it's like it's muy temático with the way he wants to score. Sometimes he's very committed to being a, a role man in the pick and roll, which I think he's pretty good at, pretty devastatingly good at, I should say, um, especially with the spread floor. I think when he wants to shoot more, I, I don't even like the way that looks sometimes because on the short roll, you know, he'll try to shoot a jump shot, and a lot of times it comes at the expense of going to the rim. 
I've said a lot on the show, and I think I've been pretty consistent that I think where his basket should come from, uh, or at least where where he should take more shots is facing up on the mid block, taking a hard dribble and going to the basket, a la Amari Stoudemire. I know that he's not ex- as explosive or as skilled as Amari. I'm not saying that, but I do think he should try a little more of that because I think that's a position on the floor where he can mm-hmm. really use his speed as an advantage. I don't think he's a three-point line to restricted area kind of scorer. I don't. I, I think that there's just too many counters to that, and I think that can go too wrong. I don't think his handle's as good as I think Heat fans like to believe it is. Mm-hmm. But what he does, you know, with one dribble, how quick, how strong, how crafty, how quick he sees the floor when there's help, he can, dr- he can dump pass or pick it apart or any of that. That's the stuff where I think he is incredibly deadly at. And that's where I want to see more of his shot diet come from. That might bog down the offense a little bit, but you can do creative things. I know Frankie talked about kind of post splits and all that. You could do a lot of that like the Warriors. Um, You can run several pick and rolls or handoffs, getting him into that off a switch. You know, if teams are going to switch against that, you know, you you can punish a front if he becomes too deadly on that as well and i think he's obviously a really good lob catcher and, and finisher went with kyle so there's a lot of ways he can do it and i i agree with almost everything that frankie said um kenny you know we've seen the ways that this looks i think i think fans sometimes want him to be like durant or kobe just like pull up a lot from mid-range i think he should add more of the mid-range but maybe not make that his primary shot diet I don't know where you stand on that. I know that we're having a couple technical difficulties. Apologies to chat, to chat, but yeah, is So I think there's that power man to Roman. Um, he doesn't have many options from there because he can't step back and shoot. He can drive past pretty much any any five, but just I want to see. I'm right there with Frankie. I want to see them run more stuff for him and get him going towards the basket and get him to finish. That's how he's going to get his shot at himself, rather than just trying to create for himself. And I think we're. I think they're going to have. I think the Oladipo factor is going to be interesting because I I think he's going to play a lot of minutes with Oladipo. I think Tyler Oladipo in the backcourt is going to be pretty common. I think. If I'm Spo, I want to stagger the rotation so that Gabe plays more with Jimmy and Oladipo and Tyler play more with Bam. And then you get Kyle with Jimmy as well because mm-hmm. Jimmy as a role man was so deadly last season, especially with Kyle as his pick and roll trigger. And I think Bam and Oladipo can have a lot of offensive synergy together. I think Oladipo is an underrated passer. And I, I think that's kind of how the minute diet's going to go. But we'll see. A lot to get into. Training camps gonna start soon. Uh, we're gonna. I think a lot of. I think the other question, guys, is who's gonna be the backup five day one. I think obviously you know Deadman had the job you know and then the back injury happened and, and it didn't look so good for mechanic. I honestly think it's Yurt's job to lose at this point. Uh, you know we'll see in preseason and training camp. I think that's an underrated subplot. Uh, for the Heat going forward, I don't know. I don't know where you guys are, but for me, I think if Yurt doesn't win the job, then that becomes a little concerning, Frankie. Yeah, um, like you said, they brought Deadman back uh, despite the back injury. I, I think a lot of us were surprised they brought Deadman back. Uh, it made sense financially because he can be a little bit of a salary cap filler uh, for them, and they needed some some uh, money to make some maneuvers and and uh, around the margins here. Uh, but you know, from a depth perspective, it also made sense. You know, you you need you're you're gonna need the bodies, and those two are are valuable players in the sense that they can get you through a regular season. Uh, obviously neither of them played in the, in the postseason so they weren't much factors but you need you got 82 games to go through and uh we don't expect any of our big four to uh get through it 82 games wise so you need to fill out with quality and both of them 
brought something to the table. I think Yurt's passing and rebounding will be very valuable for the team. I hope he's improved his finishing and shooting. Uh, it would be outstanding if he could be a pick and pop big. Uh, we got to see it at the NBA level. We haven't seen it on any level before, so that's a lot of projecting and hopefulness. But I, I'm with you. I think Yurt's gonna uh, Yurt should win the job if uh, Dead if Deadman isn't is winning this job. Yurt's taking a step back, or Deadman looks really spry. And you know, I'm hoping it, it would be that he's looking really spry and good and healthy. But uh, I think Yurt's at that point of his career where he needs to be. Um, outpacing Deadman right now. I 100% agree. Kenny, I'm going to throw some numbers your way. Uh, obviously, we knew the mm-hmm. we knew the Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Deadman combination last season. That looked incredible. Jimmy and Deadman on the court together by year's end only finished at plus 5.6 net rating. Um, 118, mm-hmm. almost 119 offensive rating. Um, you know, 113 defensive rating. So not very strong defensively, but offensively they did a ton of work. Deadman and Tyler, which really spearheaded the first half of the year, the most destructive bench in the league, they finished at only plus three net rating with a 113 offensive rating, which is, again, disappointing considering That's how crazy. they were like plus tw- – Jimmy and Deadman were like plus 20, almost going into all-star break. So that really, really fell down a cliff. Um, I'm kind of with Frankie on this, Kenny, about Yurt. But I think that there's a spot, there's there's a role for mechanics somewhere on this team. Yeah. So the thing is, I will with those numbers, I will factor in Deadman's injury. Of course, and that's because he did look amazing before that. He looked pretty bad afterwards. Yeah. And so I think who wins the backup job is going to depend on what you're done this summer because we. You have to factor in like Deadman all winning high IQ plays. I can't see him being off the floor too much, but I will say with the Heat's lack of a four, Spo may do some experimenting with Yurt and Bam if Yurt's been in the gym working on that jump. And so Yurt's gonna get some minutes, but I don't know if he's gonna take Deadman's spot just yet. I think that may be a decision that's made mid-season. I think it's gonna be. I mean, I'm. I I think it's. You think it's going to be made midseason, not not decided during preseason and camp? Kenny, do we lose Kenny? Um, I I think yeah, I think I think that's going to start to himself um healthy and he's Yeah, for sure. Uh, somebody in chat asked, uh, what do y'all think about getting Crowder back? We covered that earlier in the, in the show. Uh, make sure to listen to the pod or watch the VOD. We got pretty deep into that and what any deal like that would look like. Uh, no context hangover time says Yurt's been on the gram working on the modeling career. He is very handsome between Yurt, Jimmy and Max, just an incredibly handsome unit right there. Yurt sexy. Yurt sexy. I don't know about Jimmy today with the shaved beard. <laughs> yeah, I like I it. Know. I like it. I think I think that guy looks handsome. Whatever he does, I think he's like one of the best looking guys in the league. No, he needs the facial hair. I'm with Kenny. I like it. No, yeah, everybody I like can't it. shave the facial. You know, it's funny. I saw him today, and I was like, man, something, something looks off about Jimmy. I can't really put my finger on it, but like, it's not obviously it's not the hair because we I'm used to it at this point. And he mentioned he's like, ah, I shaved, I shaved it all. He really told that to Taylor Rooks. He really showed <laughs> up to Taylor Rooks like that. Brave man. But you know what? He did tell her, like he told everybody else, nah, it's not a, it's not whatever, whatever. He told her, nah, this ain't making it to the season. Like you you're not gonna look ridiculous in front of Taylor Rooks too long. She got that answer out of him. Like they're not they're not making it to the season. I mean, if I felt if I was doing a bit and I was doing a bit to be funny and Taylor Rooks wanted to interview me, the bit's over. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a the bit's over. I I have this. I mean, I'm, I mean, but I'm a down bad simp. You know, Jim, Jimmy's way cooler than me. I'm no, I'm not. And Taylor, I'm I'm doing what Taylor Rook says. Straight up. Oh no, 100. So. percent Yeah. Um, yes, mommy. Whatever you say. <laughs> don't don't cancel me. If if I was Jimmy and, and I got Taylor Rooks interviewing me, I'm hanging my locks on a coat rack and where they're supposed to go and, and putting them away forever. Uh, real quick, they, put, on they shared that they real quick. They shared that interview that she had with Michael Beasley, 
uh, where Michael B oh, yeah. is talking to her about using 10% <laughs> of your brain. Let me tell you something. That woman deserves a Pulitzer. What a fucking professional she is. As Michael Beasley is trying to eat, like, he's like, I don't know what's going on with Bees. I love you, Bees. That was, that interview's crazy. And she's just holding it down as a, as a pros. She's a fucking pros pro. And she's holding yeah. it down. No, but that's the thing. Like, we can talk about how she looks and we understand how she looks, but no bullshit. She is the best interviewer out right now. No question. Hands down. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. Malika's, she's what people thought Rachel Nichols was. <laughs> Facts. Uh, Malika, she's Malika, too. Malika's, Malika's great. And by the way, Malika, I feel very quietly accruing a lot of people as sources. She's breaking a lot of news lately. I think people would just go to her. So shout out to Malika Andrews for really launching her career. We love you, Malika. Um, but yeah, I mean, any, any other funny things that you guys saw in media day, I saw Max volunteered to play, to play the four. Uh, I don't know how serious that was. Um, I'll take it offensively. Woo, I heard fly. that Brady Hawk and Alex Toledo played a game of one-on-one while Max was practicing, uh, while he was taking shots. I, I have, I have this on uh a source report and I saw I, I heard that Brady beat beat Alex. I also Damn. heard that Damn, uh a, a person in the organization asked Brady if he would like to play the four. <laughs> that is I, but wait, though, uh, I'm, we report, haven't... I'm reporting that. Alex wasn't asked by the way. We... Nobody asked Alex. They asked Brady. Uh that's how much better Brady Hawk was. Shout out to Alex the Short King. Short King. Yeah, we we actually we haven't talked about Tyler. I think. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he said. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about Tyler. No, he. You no, know, you're right. He backed off of the I have to start thing. He now said talk more in line of how Tiff Tiffany Meeks kind of wanted him. Like I have to earn it. I'll do whatever's best for the team. You know, kind of fall in line what people wanted out of Kyle. Uh, well, I'm right upset about that so, too. Huh? Well, so this is what I will say about that though, because. Um, I don't really see it as him contradicting himself or walking anything back um, because, all right, let me preface it with this. So when we think six man, we think Lou Will, but people don't know. The only reason Lou Will became a six man is because the six was traded for Allen Iverson and he just got typecast in that role. Um, Jamal Crawford, a similar thing. Like just something happened. He ended up coming off the bench. He got stuck there for his career. And so Tyler does have to verbalize sometimes, hey, this is not my end goal. And so I think he did that. And then coming into training camp, he's also like, hey, I'll do what it takes. But I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he says again, hey, I want to start at some point. Because he kind of has to if that's what he wants. But good to see he, buy, he buys any either way. But I didn't take the initial thing as him making a demand like people did. I think he just wanted to verbalize his goals and make it known. He doesn't he doesn't need a six-man forever. Sorry, I'm laughing because I saw on Twitter – Kirk Henderson tweeted Anthony Davis to miss four to six weeks with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> it's, it's then reminded me of somebody once saying Raymond Felton has a chip on his shoulder and then he eats it. <laughs> That's funny. I so Tyler, I kind, I kind of <laughs> took it uh, like, like what Kenny was saying, like he, he kind of stated his goals um, in the end of the year uh, press conference. He was talking about starting obviously, but he, what I didn't like was that he kind of said he feels like he's earned it. Um, and, and like, I get where he's coming from. He's definitely played really well. He's definitely been an important cog of the, on this team. Um, offensive hub, uh, you know, got them through so many scoring droughts through the regular season, but he needs to earn it. He that's, that was the mo- main point that Pat was saying that he needs to come into camp, be a better player, be a better complete player overall. So they can give him the starting key. Cause Honestly, like off talent wise, he's he's our most talented player uh, that would fit in, into that that fourth starter. Um, you know, like you could make the case. I think you could definitely make the case for like Vic, but I think with the shooting and compared to like uh, Jimmy and Bam, like you need another more shooters there. I think Tyler, if he if Tyler comes out defending in camp, if he does does what he does uh, offensively, you know comes a little bit more uh, well-rounded overall. We saw that he could take the mid-range shot, get to his spots, but I'd like him to, to focus more on the three-pointers and layups aspect of scoring, getting to the free-throw line more, creating havoc, and and that passing game, improving the passing game, the reads. We saw some some potential there, and we he's gr- to his credit, he's grown 
in that aspect every year. We saw in the playoffs, they threw some different looks at him, different coverages, and that's what that's what happens when you're on the scouting report. You gotta you're gonna get a lot of exotic looks, a lot of different looks from what you're familiar with, a lot of things that you're uncomfortable with. We gotta see him play through that. And I think if he comes into camp uh, working on that, I've hope he I've hope I hope he's worked on that all offseason. Um, I think, and if he earns it, I'm totally fine with that. I think Tyler starting was could be really good for this team. I like the idea of Vic, you know, finding his comfort off the bench and in, in that uh, volume scored defensive havoc lineups uh, with the bench t- rolls and stuff. And I think you can you can probably stagger a lot of lineups a lot better, a lot easier with Tyler or Vic starting. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I, I'm not. I I don't think. Tyler backed off his goal for starting. I think he's just saying uh, like he recognizes he's got to be better and he's got to earn it. Um, uh, you mm-hmm. falls nine one one zero says y'all making way too much sense. Not sure this plays well to heat fans. Uh, <laughs> heat, heat fans are, are, are <laughs> I mean, force fans are irrational foaming at the mouth. Um, fanatics, fanatics, you know, fanat fanatical, but good for Tyler. Uh, I, I don't, I, I'd like him to, to play off the bench. I doubt he does. If they can get Vincent to play off the bench, let me tell you something. Somebody deserves some sort of award. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, listen, a, a kid's going to want to start. Like, I don't know. You'd want to fucking start. Would you want to play off the bench? No, you want to. I mean, you may think it's dumb, but, like, dudes like to start. It's, you know, you like to be in the graphic. You like to be the marquee player. You know, you want to. You want the introduction with the little fire machine. You know, the fucking the fire machine's cool. You know, you want Michael Biamonte to say your name like that and, and have the pageantry and the little opening video. And you want that. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe Tyler's like, I'm better than Caleb Martin and I should be on the video, not Caleb Martin. Or my I should be walking through the fire jet thing that they have at the arena. You know, I want Mr. Bill to wave a flag near me. As mm-hmm. I'm running uh, to, to to center court, you know I des- I deserve those things. I want to be a tip off. So uh, I, let's see how that goes. <laughs> I I think his best role is off the bench, but you know uh, like, I think he's good enough to start. But I think just given the construction of the team, but maybe not. I think more than anything, you know, maybe last <laughs> year I would have said I, I would have said to keep him on the bench because the bench needed a little punch. I think this season it's more of just a positional weirdness because. Yeah. You know, I think Oladipo as your lead guard off the bench is totally adequate and I think probably really good. But moving Tyler to the starting lineup, now you become a little worse defensively. You know, now it's like, well, I think Max is just better off of Jimmy than Tyler is. Well, that's that's and- also basing it off last year. That that was the point. If Tyler has improved defensively and uh, has committed to, to playing harder defensively, then... You know, we can say we can't take last year's numbers into account. So we'll see. And and so here, here's what I will say too about um about Tyler. He has a point in this sense because if you remember so many games last season, the offense just could not get off the ground until he until he stepped in. And so I'll I mean in the beginning we don't have to save us. I got it. So I get if it feels like I get it. Okay, well, rest in peace, Kenny. Um really going down with the Tyler Hero ship quite literally. So, you know, I think that's gonna be fun to see. Um kind of that that develop as the season goes on and and all that i think tyler improving as a passer is probably the next phase of his game i i've talked about this in the past i think i think it's just funny that kenny just fucking literally went down with the ship um <laughs> tyler uh i think he sees plays develop like a second late frankie mm-hmm. and uh, i i think you can see it in real time when the windows like he notices oh the window just closed and and it's yeah. always like a second too late. So I think that's the next kind of progression in his game. And I think he's enough of a shooting and a scoring threat in which he, and I think he's gotten very good at leveraging his shooting to create space because he's not like the fastest. He just, you know, he doesn't have a John Wall first step. Let's put it that way. Right. So I think 
kind of that's the next progression in his game. And I think if he can get there, I know that we haven't talked about his extension, but obviously it's going to be a looming conversation all season. I think the two probably biggest long-term storylines for the Heat are going to be like Bam's kind of offensive improvements as a scorer and Tyler yeah. as a passer. And I think Bam's is going to determine kind of how far they go this season. And I think Tyler's is going to determine what that extension looks like. I, and we, I don't think enough gets talked about his, like we, we, I think we have talked a lot about his passing and his, uh, in that regard, the development there. But I'm looking up his, uh, looking at his stats right now. And we know there was a huge jump in, in usage rate, um, uh, career high. It led the team in usage, I believe. Uh, he went from 23.5% usage the year before to 28.8, which was among the league, league leaders. Like he was really high up there. Uh, but what his shot profile changed so much. It went so heavy to the mid range, and he was very effective there. But I'd like to see it evolve a little bit more. He went from, uh, thir- uh, let's call it 13 shots a game to 17. Four more shots, and he only took about one, three more. So those were all mid-range. All that usage, he took about one free throw per game more. I think if you sub some of those mid-ranges for three-pointers, uh, which he'll get more with catch and shoot in, in the starting lineup, but I'd like to even his off on the ball stuff, I'd like him to operate more from the three-point line. I think he'll get the attention of the defense a lot more if he's operating and taking – uh, getting his getting to his spot on the three point line and taking those shots and knocking them down at a, at a pretty good effective clip, I think he'll get the attention of the defense a lot more and it'll help the offense. It'll help his scoring and the spacing a lot more if he's that off because we we've seen it. We hoped Kyle amongst the besides the passing, the point of the tag defense, the help defense, we wanted Kyle to be an uh, on the ball three point threat, and he didn't do that all the time. He did have some games, had some moments. But we need that consistent weapon. And Ty- I think Tyler is the obvious answer there. If he can do that, I think that if he's that kind of guy, I think that's an easy and extension guy. And that's going to be a narrative all season. And we're going to we're gonna follow that storyline uh, all the way down. Frankie, we've come to the end of our show. I believe Kenny, is, I believe Kenny is, has passed. He's gone to a better world. Um, Dang, Kenny Tucker. Rest in peace king kenny uh let's let's find let's end the show with uh again nobody has suggested any good names i don't want to call it the community voice i'm stealing the name from the podcast oh there he is he's back um you know i i've mentioned this in the past this is an idea that a podcast that i listen to called radio melee does (laughs) uh where they ask kind of the the community a question to kind of get everybody involved uh, Frankie, since you haven't been on the show in a while, is there a question that you want to ask the community where they can answer in the YouTube comments and we respond to it uh, next pod? Um, let's say, let's let's stick it on topic. Who should be who should be the backup five to start the season? Yurt or Deadman? Mm. Ooh, that's a great one. Uh, we got we got our answers. Interested to hear from the community, from the listeners, the the stream watchers, everybody. Make sure to leave a comment on the YouTube video, and we'll read them on air and have a discussion about it at the top of next show. And and again, this is something I want to to continually bring to what we're doing. I, I think it's a fun idea, and I think it's a good way to get our guests and our community involved. So, uh, kind of be be comment, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and I this is, uh. Our 10th season. This is the beginning of our 10th season of Miami Heat Beat. So, you know, there are, we're, we'll do tons of self-involved 10-year anniversary stuff throughout the season. We have a couple announcements coming up this week or next week on Hangover Time, on Miami Heat Beat, on a lots, of, lots of things that we have coming for you guys. Some changes, some interesting things coming. And so be on the lookout for that and everything that's going to come with 10 years of Miami Heat Beat. Our 10th season starts today. Brian and I started 10 seasons ago. It's pretty insane that here we are we've covered teams from lebron to dion to fucking tyler johnson to jimmy to everything in between so uh hopefully as our first year did this ends in a this this ends in a title uh hopefully that'll be good luck uh somebody's asking whatever happened to the hotties stay tuned may have an announcement on that coming up so you know be on the lookout for that and everything and uh 
We love you guys, and we'll see you. We're gonna we're gonna be back. Uh, I think it's my intention uh, once once training camps uh, kind of full swing to do two shows a week again as we ramp up for the season. So we'll see more of us. Cartiliana says, "Congrats to Brian and G." I guess, yeah, you know, we all know that. Listen, Brian is the true mastermind of of Miami Heapy. Brian has literally never missed on talent evaluation in this business. So shout out to fucking Brian Goins. Um, somebody said ten seasons. That's longer than I've been alive. Have- is that Jack's burner? <laughs> <laughs> Do ten year olds know what Twitch is? I <laughs> I think ten year olds know it. Do they? Ten? Yes. Ten's yes. young, dude. Absolutely. That's who's on here, really. They get iPads at like four now. Like, are they fucking, yeah. are they watching Twitch? Do they know who QXC yes. is or whoever? I don't even know. Let me tell you something. There's been a lot of Twitch drama. Freaky, I don't know who any of these fucking Twitch streamers are. I was like, who's this guy who scammed everyone? Who is this other guy? I don't know who any of these people are. I have no idea either. All I know is he beat number one. He beat number yeah. one, baby. Let's go. See you, uh, see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.